0: Hello again everybody and welcome back to the Ohio Agronomy Roundup. I am your host Bushel Billy and joining me today is one of my favorite grain merchandisers in the business, Janelle Brinksneider with the Andersons. Welcome to the show Janelle.
1: Hello, thank you.
0: And I don't just say that because I have an open basis contract here. I, (laughs) I, I truly enjoy getting a chance to sit down and visit with you. So we've known each other for a few years, but for our audience that haven't had the opportunity to meet you, why don't you introduce yourself and what you do?
1: Sure, thanks Bill. Um, As Bill said, my name is Janelle Brinksneider. I'm a grain buyer here at the Andersons located out of our Greenville, Ohio facility. Um, We work to not only purchase corn to um, utilize here at the ethanol facility, but also working with producers on risk management, marketing plans, and looking to help market other uh, commodities, corn, soybeans, wheat, going to um, even some non-Anderson facilities, um, trying to help the producer find um, opportunities from a basis perspective as well for other destination points.
0: Excellent, excellent. And here we are uh, approaching harvest rather quickly, the middle of August, we'll see some combines in the field uh, probably in four weeks time. And guys are always looking for marketing opportunities during that transition. Uh, what do you feel uh, some of the market dynamics are going to be as we switch out of the 2019 old crop and begin into the 2020 new crop?
1: Sure, you know, as the USDA is telling us that they feel we've got a very nice carryout for the 19 crop, you know, I do think that that's going to be a little bit from a um, geographic standpoint. Um, And obviously, then when does new crops start? As we've looked here um and and you know with these cooler temperatures perhaps that will delay harvest a little bit uh from what some have originally thought we'll just have to wait and see Um, but that transition period guys are going to need to be a little bit careful um as we see potentially a pretty nice sized crop coming at us and can see that fall basis value be much less than where the current basis values are at so our conversation with customers has been you know, if you've got old crop to to finish up, I would work on that sooner rather than later before you lose that basis opportunity um, as we move into the new crop basis values, both corn and soybeans. Um, if you're not ready to commit from a flat price perspective, you know, if you want to just get the grain moved as you want to get bins cleaned out, have that space, but keep yourself long futures um, you can most certainly do that with a basis contract my thought is though if you've not sold much of the 2020 crop I probably would not keep a lot of unsold 2019 as well and belong to crops
0: certainly certainly makes sense so as we look at local carryout stocks uh, within Western Ohio and Ohio and Indiana uh, if we got a decent sized crop coming, what do we see as far as bin space? Do we still have a lot of old crop in the bins? What are, what are your reports telling you? Uh, will there be a need to deliver directly to the elevators this fall versus enough local storage to hold this crop? Uh, how do you see that scenario playing out?
1: Yep, that's a great question. And that's always the magic question of what we're trying to to get a really good gauge on of, Where are we at with on-farm storage stocks and commercial stocks? I will say we are um, seeing throughout, not just locally, but as I'm on calls with our other facilities throughout the US, we're definitely seeing concerns on this old crop that's coming in with some lighter test weight and some higher damage. Um, and, And so our recommendation would be is not to continue to store that corn and put new crop on top of that. You know that could lead to some real issues as you move forward in the months. Um, So again not just because I'm a grain buyer and need corn looking out for the best interest of the producer you know if your grain quality has been having some issues certainly would not want to leave that on there and and put new crop on top of that. Um, And I think we're seeing that from the commercial perspective as well as I you know they want to look to um get rid of some of this damaged corn that they've been storing um so it feels like we're gonna see relatively low inventories going into harvest which should then allow guys to be able to store a fair amount but there has been um, customers commenting my yields look pretty good I, I know I don't have enough storage if it's at X bushel per acre and so we're seeing some guys just going ahead and either flat price selling some new crop bushels uh, for what they know they can't store or putting on a basis contract or something along those lines just to give themselves a little bit of cushion from a storage perspective this fall
0: now this is more of an objective question but do you find guys that know they don't have enough storage do they tend to deliver to town early or do they like to wait till the end of harvest and bring the last couple of fields in
1: yeah that's a really good point and I think um, every producers a little different uh, you know if if we see where we need to turn on harvest a little bit sooner and have some type of a early harvest moisture type of program those guys will jump on that and and bring those to town first you know, everybody's got their own preference. I'm kind of the one on our farm. I like to say, okay, when it rains, let's haul some to town to give us some room so we can be absolutely efficient when we're harvesting and not sitting in lines or anything along, you know, in that nature. So I think everybody's got their own preference. I have some guys that wait till the very, very end to try and capture the bases going back up. i have some going at the very beginning and then the guys that really just don't have much storage at all obviously they've got to work through it all fall
0: (laughs) absolutely now you mentioned and maybe encouraging guys to get started early everyone's excited about harvest we've worked at it since march we're we're ready to go sometimes we just need an excuse to get out there a little sooner than necessary Uh, do you see that that there will be a need especially with the cooler weather maybe pushing harvest back a couple uh, a couple of weeks well there'll be a need to um to, to get in there a little earlier maybe when moisture is a few points higher than than we normally would harvest it to help fill that gap until harvest hits full swing
1: yeah i mean that's always a, that's a great question and that's the balance of, of of folks in my job what we're trying to manage here you know how are we coming with the old crop purchases, when do we think new crop comes on or will guys go to beans first and we really need to get some things turned on. So there's definitely not a very, you know, fine line like, yep, we're absolutely gonna run this type of a moisture special or not run anything. Um, It's really a matter of do we feel the wells getting dry on old crop and we need to get going Or we're still getting enough old crop trickling in that we can just be patient and let harvest start on its own Um, So that's always kind of that magical question that uh, We just let time kind of work out and uh, we'll solve as kind of day by day
0: Excellent. Excellent. So now what you do here in Greenville, Ohio is just part of a much larger organization and much larger machine so uh, as your company looks at at grind and the demand on the demand side of this as in the immediate future say through harvest into January are there anything on the horizon that producers should consider as we look at demand for corn products through harvest and into the first of the next marketing year
1: yeah, I mean, definitely we're starting to see the ethanol demand side, you know, it's gradually coming back from the lows we saw there um, in April and early May with all the shutdowns and so forth due to COVID. Now that schools are starting back up, we're getting more people going back to the physical office to work, you know, that demand for fuel is is increasing and that's good for us, obviously. So as of, you know, right now we're seeing um, strong um, demand for the ethanol that feels better. We, um, the EIA numbers out today, you know, we're, we're starting to see where uh, supplies in the U.S. are coming lower. So that's good. We had, you know, plants are doing shutdowns for maintenance and things. So that lowers what was been produced here as we get maintenance shutdowns throughout the summer and so forth um, but we also have to be mindful in a typical year once you get past labor day that summer driving demand goes back down so we missed out on a more traditional summer driving demand due to the covid pandemic this summer um, but overall yes the demand for corn usage for ethanol Feels very steady for us and I think for many of the processors, particularly locally um, in this area.
0: Some some really key points to, to keep in mind. Uh, of course, last week we saw the yield estimates coming out from the USDA. Those are set to be revised, I believe, at the end of the week here at, after the storm damage out in Iowa locally here in ohio and indiana pro farmer has published yield estimates of 167 in ohio 176 in indiana does that kind of jive with with reports you've seen on your side as far as corn production for 2020 across ohio and indiana
1: yeah i would say that that seems a little bit um in line you know when you look back from the spring and the growing conditions of summer as we know we saw a lot of um, variability in rainfall Um, and so we've had seems like guys that kept missing rain always missed the rain and guys that were getting it kept getting rain Um, and so just even in the about the 80 mile radius that i work with with producers you hear a lot of um mixed feelings on the crop um, you know you've got some guys that feel like this could be a 2018 size of a crop wow. and I have other guys that are looking to be closer to their APH type of a number so again you know the USDA numbers yep they're numbers that we're trading whether we believe them or not those are the numbers we're gonna trade but um, obviously we know that um, until we really get out in the field and see uh, what those true yields are we're gonna see adjustments come but for now we're gonna trade those USDA numbers and um, As they make adjustments whether it be from the Iowa damage or whatever else that they want to tweak it seems like um, but I would say overall that feels pretty in line for um, This area I know Western Indiana they or Eastern Indiana. Excuse me. They've been blessed with some really nice rains um, and that would hit some of our draw territory and those guys are pretty optimistic about their yield potential over there
0: it'll certainly be an interesting dynamic to watch we see some low demand states like South Dakota and Minnesota forecasting enormous yields which will put tremendous downward pressure on their local basis we're fortunate enough to live in in a corn deficit type area where the basis seems to be pretty strong so it'll be interesting to watch throughout the marketing year as prices try to move corn from places that, that are running a deficit that maybe didn't have the production to support local demand and bounce it out with those areas that just had a phenomenal crop coming.
1: Right. And, and that's, you know, that's one of the keys um, that a producer needs to look at is think through that grain marketing and treating the basis and the futures separate you know so many times we want to just say well i want four dollar cash well you can get to four dollar cash a lot of different ways and so it's a matter of okay i'm going to work the basis side here for a little bit while that opportunity is in front of me and then i'll work the future side while that opportunity and then when you marry them together that gets you to that four dollars a lot of times faster than trying to do it all at once so that's what i would encourage producers to really take that time i know it's an extra um, some extra steps there but utilizing the basis opportunity that we have as you said This is a phenomenal area for basis with mm-hmm. the demand that we have um, Take advantage of that and then work your future side as well uh, The market is giving us some great opportunities to have those grain bins pay right now with the amount of carry in the corn market let that grain bin work for you Um and and that's something you need to analyze do I want to store corn and deliver soybeans because beans right now aren't giving you near the carry that corn is so a lot of times we get in the mindset of well I've always put beans in this bin and I've always put corn in this bin this is a year where you really could analyze that and how can I maximize my um, storage and what's going to pay me the most
0: and and that's a a great point that we haven't touched on but there have been recent years where not owning a grain bin was your best marketing strategy there now things have changed a little bit it's more back to what we would consider a traditional market Mm -hmm. dynamic that there are some some opportunities if you look out through the marketing year and not into the immediate future correct
1: absolutely yeah you know i with not having the markets right here in front of me but this morning you know a, a December futures to a March futures that spread was about 13 cents Um, you know so if you can c- gain those types of values or even maybe even wider spread possibly getting close to that 15 18 cents between those futures months that's a really nice pay incentive for you to store that corn um versus you know if you just need to um haul it into town and and not if you know even if you have those bins i realize not everybody has that opportunity um and like you said last fall fall st- fall delivery cash price was mm-hmm. just as good as a january cash price right um so yeah every year's a little different and that's where you need to spend that time analyzing that versus just going in the mindset well i've always done it this way
0: sure sure Well, um, we've appreciated the opportunity to sit down and visit with you today. Any closing comments or thoughts that you would like to add?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's just the key to it. Um, Having that marketing plan in place, not being afraid to get some things on the books um, for the future crop. I, I appreciate that we had... The challenges in spring of 2019 and we were struggling getting a crop planted and at times wondered if we were gonna get it planted Mm -hmm. so in that case you didn't want to be really far sold Um, but having some of those bushels sold ahead of time you know we're working on December 21 December 22 corn sales right now at some values that are very attractive and just being able to have some contracts on the books to work with so that if you do need to deliver in the fall you're not kind of backed into a corner with nothing sold at all and then just need to take the cash fall price so think through that work with your local grain buyer on putting together some of those plans and strategies and diversify Um, you know as you're out talking to guys on soybean varieties and corn hybrids you don't want him to plant the same one. And it's right. the same thing from a marketing plan. I don't want to see a guy do the exact same thing on all of his bushels. We need that diversification from a marketing plan just like we do from our agronomics.
0: And I'm sure the Anderson has a whole product line to help Absolutely. help capitalize on some of these market dynamics we discussed, plus diversify the strategy a little bit to to spread the risk yes. out.
1: Yep, that's what it's all about. We're, you know, you hear this saying all the time, but it really is true. We're not here to hit the home run. We want to make sure we get on base every time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Janelle, I've enjoyed our conversation. Tell our listeners where they can find more information or perhaps even reach out to you with with additional questions.
1: Sure, yep. Yeah. Um andersonsgrain.com is our website, and if you want to speak uh, with me, I'm like I said I'm located at the Greenville, Ohio office and that number is 937-316-3800.
0: Excellent. You have been listening to the Ohio Agronomy Roundup. I'm your host, Bushel Billy. We've been visiting with Janelle Brinksneeder. We'll talk to you next time. <music>